This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. Take two. Good evening and welcome to the Alien Vale podcast. Um, as you'll notice, that sounds a little different because we've given him the night off tonight. Um, he's fine, he just wanted an early night and he knows that this is probably going to last about three hours because firstly we're joined by Steve how are you doing Steve? I'm good thanks mate, I'm, I'm really good good and secondly we're joined by the former people's champion of the podcast and that's Tom Amos oh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is there it is how are we? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine mate how about yourself? Oh, I've had I've had I've had different weekends. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm good. You know, I'm excited. Let's get at it. Yeah, well, let's let's let, let's let's start with the elephant in the room then, um, oh. and let's talk sports science because yeah. I think um, the past what past three four months we've we, we've all spoke about. Could Ollie have done Ollie and Alfie have done ten minutes more versus Stevenage, for example? But sports science says no. But now sports science has said that Ojo was fit to start against Middlesbrough after coming off with an hamstring injury, and now is out for four, five, six weeks. They've said Garrity's fine after carrying a knock for past four or five weeks, and now he's out long term. Told us Deborah's okay, and two games in a row he's come off with the same injury. So yeah, let's talk sports science, Tom. What are you thinking? Um, is I mean I haven't listened to Crosby's full interview from last night. Um, but have they have they said that the sports science have said they were fit to play? The only the only reason I say that is because this last two or three games it seems like Crosby's gone a bit balls to the process. Um, so it'd be interesting if he's if the sports science have said to him, look, I don't think they're fit enough, and he said, well. I do, so I'm putting them in, and then they've got injured. I don't know. Um, 
or or have they you know it, we're not it's hard to blame someone here because we don't know who who's making the decision if the sports science have said they're fit and they're coming off injured then it's with them if the sports science is saying they're not fit but Crosby's playing them anyway and then they're coming off injured then it's on cross isn't it um so it's a bit of a bit of a difficult one on that for me um but the, 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 only, the only thing that that makes it with me feel it leans a bit for Crosby is there's been a dramatic change since Stevenage hasn't there you know what I mean like ev- everyone was you will do like on return you will do 60 minutes build you up you will do 65 minutes 70 and then 90 and now it seems to be Ooch couldn't do 90 on Monday but then does 90 on like Saturday and it just it, it's all it's all a bit interesting um there is one player who seems to be still, um, and that's Willow. Willow sprinted off that pitch yesterday, and um, I think that taking Willow off was a catalyst for when it started to go even worse for us. I, c- I don't understand the Deborah thing more than anything. You know, when you've got in midfield, we're short on numbers, so maybe he's got to take a risk. Yakovetti is like plays in the same position as Deborah. You know, Yak's not been brilliant, but surely that's better than having Deborah breaking down and then being out for weeks weeks on end. Game I had the Crosby's interview and I was really impressed by it to be honest. He didn't trot out the usual platitudes about oh how we you know he's pleased how we came back. He actually called a spade a spade and I actually felt sorry for him yesterday because the defending for the first goal well for all goals was crap. But if he is getting back to sports science, if he is being a manager and um, sort of saying, you know what, this is my team. I live in by my by my by my decisions. Then I'm I'm not too disheartened with that. You know, we can't have it always. We can't criticise him for following the sport size. But I definitely agree. The Stevenage game there seems to be a bit of a sea change. And it's little things like we don't take short goal kicks anymore, do we? That experiment is long gone. Um, and of course, is be be more of a mind than I'm all for it. Fair enough. I think it was an interesting one. I've seen a lot of people commenting on it um, the last couple of days, especially because of the injuries and, and whatnot. But yeah, it, it's... It'd be... I, think, I think it's a big part as well because at the minute we're going through a stage and this is no disrespect to anybody who's been on the bench, but we get so much weaker when we make changes at the minute, don't we? Yeah, we do. And, and part... Part of that, so let's 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 be honest. Part of that's because we're bringing on kids. And yeah, we're bringing kids. on three sixteen-year-olds, aren't we? At the end of the day, and we shouldn't. Whilst I want them to come through and I want them to progress, I don't think at the minute this isn't nurturing them into football. This is chucking them in and feeding them a little bit to the lions, in my eyes. Yeah, it's sick yeah. Or isn't it? And especially yeah. Bailey Pepper is what I feel the most sorry for. Um, yep. You know, we had Loft on the benches today, didn't we? I'm not sure why he didn't come on, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can only. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a there's an obvious style change, style difference between Loft and De Pepper, isn't there? Um, De Pepper is very much a, a run run the channels kind of player. The only um, the only thing I would say with Bailey is, apart from, was it the was the crew game when he first came on in the Johnson's paint or the League Cup? Apart from that game, I haven't really seen him in a 
in a like a, a, an attacking position as such. He, well, we he kind of has to, he kind of comes on and does running, doesn't he? And that's it. it. Yeah, he had that one at Exeter where he made that good run and squared it to Rooks, didn't he? Like, but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. He hasn't, he hasn't seen yet about a shot. Yeah, it's it, there seems to be a lot of just he's he's bought on to to be an out ball for us to clip the channel, but then we kind of. It's it's not a clip in the channel for him to go and beat someone. It's a clip in the channel for him to get there, and then oh, we yeah. slow. We, yeah, we kind of slowly bring it back, don't we? And then we play we play our football across the pitch. Um, so, but but also that is a, a very very difficult game to ask a sixteen year old to go and do in men's football. I'm not sure what he's getting out of these ten minutes he's playing here. Carlisle was the same. You know, I'm not sure what benefit there is to him as a player. Chuck him on for 10 minutes when, when we're under the caution playing the way we do. I, I think he's on a hiding to nothing, basically. And, you know, he's 16 years old. And like I say, I'm not I'm not convinced by it. Loft should, for me, whatever you think of Ryan Loft, he, he should have come on. God, stop calling him Doug. Loft should have come on yesterday if we were leaving. Well, I would have left Willow on. You know, we go back to what you said at start sports science. Willow, look, Willow looked like he got another 10 minutes in him to me. And I, I don't know what you pair think, but... Yeah. And when Willow goes off, we see control of the game somehow, don't we? And I can't put my finger on why one player who's not massive doesn't hold it up like Uchi does. But when Willow goes off, the control that avails football just seems to disappear. Well, that was the first goal we've scored since Willow's been back fit when he hasn't been on the pitch, isn't it? Yeah. So... No, I thought there was one more as well. Is there? Yeah, I thought I think I think we've scored two since he's not been on. On the pitch, I can't for the life of me bloody think what the other one. Oh, the third one against Blackpool. I think he'd already gone off. Oh, had he gone off at that point? Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, but still, do you know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. There's there's eight goals. Is it eight goals with him? And, yeah, and two goals without him on the pitch kind of says how important he is to our attacking play. Yeah, definitely. So I think I, I think this the sports science side of it will be a good good thing to be addressed um, later this month as well. I think that that yeah that, definitely. Um, Flitcroft will. Well, I think a lot of people want to hear from Flitcroft about that because my assumption is that the decisions come from the top on that is he he will be saying right that this is this is kind of what we're doing. We're using the the stats money ball type. To get players in, so I assume that stats are important. But we all know your eyes tell you as much as any stat will tell you. Yeah. So, and I think that's we'll, the frustrating. That's the frustrating thing with people like Willow, isn't it? Statistically, yeah. it's saying he can't last any longer, and then like Steve says, he sprints off the pitch. It's a bit. It, it just it's a bit infuriating, isn't it? Yeah, just, you just go, well, could he have not just had that one last sprint in, in the other end? So. Well, to be honest, he should be at a level, he should be at a stage now in his, in, in his coming back that, for me, should be probably get, getting to 90 minutes now. Yeah, I think so too. It's, and it, it's also not like the other week where, was it Blackpool where he got absolutely hammered two or three times by their centre-half? Like, no. if, 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 was it? Yeah, it was Blackpool, but he had an easy game, you see. Like you say, it wasn't wasn't a physical game for him, so he wasn't buffeted about or had the foot kicked out of him. It didn't make sense bringing him off, and, you know, I think 
of all the things that went on yesterday, that was the one thing that I thought really strange from what Cosby did because we'll get on to, but I felt, you know, I've, sometimes I've, I'm careful, I'm going to be careful now. I've been overly critical of Crosby, but he cannot be responsible for the decision-making of some of the players on that pitch yesterday for their goals. And we'll talk about them when they come to it, won't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so that's that, that's the first thing I want to talk about. Second thing, I can see that you've already got your got you got your letter ready in front of you, Tom. So let's go. Um, your... <laughs> tweet. Um, right, yeah. It's safe to say... It, it was the worst worded tweet of my entire life. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And like unofficial veil said, you had a few shandies, so you're obviously. Excited. I mean, I, I mean, I'd had like a pint of Guinness and two pints of cider. I wasn't pissed. Um, <laughs> it was. Do you know what? Right, and I think that a lot of the time, and I and I feel, and and having looked at it now, I kind of feel like I understand why people think that I'm against Uchi from it. Listen, I, d- I don't rate Uchi Pisa as a, as a player. That is that is just my opinion. I don't rate him as a player. I don't dislike the bloke. I'd have a pint with him, no problem. I'd have a chat with him. I'm sure he's a lovely, lovely bloke. Uh, I just don't rate him as a footballer. Um, but the the other thing is, and I, and I only noticed it probably this morning, is a couple of the times he kind of, becomes, I need to kind of think about how to say this, he kind of becomes, because he's in the way of the point I'm trying to get across, if that makes sense. People booing Ryan Lofton. He's the he's the general comparison to Ooch, Ryan Lofton Ooch. So I have to bring Ooch into the conversation to compare and kind of say, look, one does this, one does that. Um, and yesterday I kind of felt like Gavin Massey had done that well, having had that much shit off Vale fans, that I, w- I was so over the moon for him for that performance yesterday that I, I just got caught in the heat of the moment when they announced it. And because I felt like, and, and in my head, I kind of knew that Ooch was going to get man of the match yesterday because everyone was so buzzing for him to score that goal. But I was kind of on the other side of it. I was so buzzing for Massey because he's playing so well. Um, and it wasn't a... The, the the phrase of fucking rubbish in the tweet wasn't aimed at Ooch. That was aimed at the sponsors who picked Ooch. <laughs> um, but just, I genuinely felt that strong that Gavin Massey deserved it yesterday because I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and yeah, like I said, there, there is no vendetta against Ooch. I hope, and I said, I think I've said every single time on this podcast about how bad of a player I think he is. But I've always said, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong. If he keeps putting in performances, and they, week in, week out, this is, this isn't just one every bloody six games, like the second half of yesterday, then I'll happily, happily say, I got it wrong. Uh, and, and I understand people see the game differently. People see the game massively differently. And, the, and this is just my opinion from the way I see the game. That is absolutely fine. I don't hate the bloke. I'm never. It's never personal. <laughs> Steve just made me laugh halfway, halfway through. Um, yeah, just uh, gen- genuinely, it's you know. I just uh, that is my opinion on him as a footballer. That is all it is. It's nothing personal. Um, 
and and, and genuinely, I, I I've spoken about him so much recently because he's the, he's been the mainstay since he came into the club. He's been the one who's been playing up front when we've gone weeks and weeks and weeks without scoring a goal or you know three wins in eighteen, and that's and that's the only reason. But you know. And I will come to it tonight when we talk about him. credit where credit's due. He's now also been in the side where we've scored, I don't know, is it 11 goals in three or four games or something stupid like that? Four games, maybe? And um, we scored 14 over Christmas, basically. And that's more than Peterborough, the top goal scorers in the league. Exactly, exactly. So, I, you know, there, there will be credit where credit's due tonight. I obviously haven't been on um, for a while. Uh, and I think... The, the frust- I think the frustrating thing is with it is that I have in my head, and this is purely, again, it's opinion-based, in my head, I have in what I think an 18-stone, six-foot-three striker should do. And holding the ball up and holding people off is the bare minimum for someone of that weight and size. So that's why... I get so annoyed when he gets, when he, I don't know, like if he's hitting the deck or if he's, you know, he needs to be able to tuck it in to be a league one footballer. It's frustrating. That's the only thing. And no one can, no one can come to me on Twitter and say, oh, he's got a 90%, uh, 90% rate of bringing the ball in and keeping it tucked in because he hasn't. 9% maybe. <laughs> but but I just wanted to just get across that there is no I mean I don't the, the whole thing of you've got a vendetta against him I don't understand where like you think I would get with a vendetta like I don't know who that benefits it doesn't very long going to say oh fucking hell Tom Amos doesn't like him so we better get rid of him all it'll do is just well, all it'll do is if he starts playing well, it'll lead my Twitter to go as mental as it went last night. Um, I've been tagged in Team of the Week probably 11 times today. <laughs> um, and yeah, fine, I'll take it. I'm quite happy to take it. I had, I've had a good laugh with people about it. Um, I've had a few personal insults <laughs> as well, but you know, that can, that, that is what it is. Um, I can, I'm big enough and ugly enough to deal with them, so... Uh, but yeah, that is that's kind of all I want to say. I'll leave the rest of when we get round to him and talk talk about him. And I promise I won't start with fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and um, last but not least, uh, just away from Vale quickly, um, something else that's divided opinion. Troy Deeney, his interview. Now, if anyone hasn't seen it, he's basically called out the subs of Forest Green as being fucking rubbish. Um, he stopped quite short of saying fucking rubbish, but he he turned around and said that they w- it wasn't good enough. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Like, do you think that's refreshing from a manager to come out, especially one so so new in his tenure? It's what his second game, I think, as manager, and he's already telling some players in the team that they're rubbish. And no doubt, Troy's been there for six months playing as a player. I can't I can't imagine he hasn't he hasn't already told some of these players that in training, but how would you? How would you? How do you see that as a, as as a fan? If Crosby come out and said, "Look, the, the players we brought on today were rubbish," I think it's incredibly naive. And if Troy Deeney goes on to have a successful career in management, he'll look back 
at that and think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, he might well need those players in for the next four or five games. I'm chucking him under the bus. In in the olden days, we, we sometimes go back to Mickey Adams putting all of our boys on the transfer list. It was different in them days. Society is more and footballs, they're more flaky. They'll just, you, you, you could be in danger of them downing tools. As a fan, I think, oh yeah, I really like to hear that. He's got a really good point. He says what he says. What I'm thinking. As a manager of people, I'm not sure that it was wise. And that's not like on a, whether that's a footballer or whatever job you do, I'm not sure calling your staff useless live is, will end well for him really. You know, what? But as a as an onlook, I thought it was quite funny. But I think it's something he'll regret in in time. Tom, what about you? Where 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 were you on that? Because I've seen that you've you've posted amongst the the ooch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was a bit. I think the line that um, caught me the most was that uh, they they did it under the previous manager, and they're still doing it under me. So it can't be a managerial thing, um, which I, I, I kind of I thought was a bit. Well, at least you know he's backing up what his problem is because he kind of said, "Look, we said last for ten minutes they're going to be lumping balls in the box. We need to be able to deal with them." Um, it did make me laugh how he said, "We've been working on it since Thursday." like Thursday was six weeks ago and they should have had it drilled into them. And Because I imagine Friday's session was probably an hour. So it's not as though they've had a great deal of time working at it. But um, I think, I don't know, It's it, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on um, on where it, where it leads next. Like Steve says, do the, do the players take too kindly to being chucked? chucked under the buzz like that. Did they know he was going to do that, as he said right before in the dressing room, that that's what was going to be said? Um, it'd be interesting to see how they get on um, because they're in they're in a bit of a shit position, really. Um, there's six points, six points from safety. Uh, I'm just trying to see who they've got coming up now. Uh, they've got Harrogate, Mansfield, Gillingham and Accrington the next four games. So, so four easy games then. So you got Harrogate, Gillingham, Accrington who were tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, and Mansfield who were second. So yeah, I don't know whether he's looking a little bit forward there and kind of saying, "Do I say it now?" Because I don't want to say it to him when you know we've been tonked four times in a row. It become it becomes a little bit of a, a confidence killer then, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I just thought it was, like Steve said, refreshing as a fan to hear. A bit like Cross's interview, to be fair. Refreshing as a fan to hear, but if that hasn't just been said in the dressing room before that goes out, it 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 could be a could be a difficult response when when a player ends up hearing it because whether they whether they look for it or not, that that sort of conversation is going to crop up very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, like I said. It, it it's one of them. We'll only know from seeing how they get on in the next few games. Yeah, and uh, yeah, having looked at the fixtures, I'm not overly confident for them. 
<laughs> can't imagine that'll change much. So. Johnny, right, then. just one thing before we get into the game, and we should probably should bring it up. I thought the um, the memorial service at Vale held yesterday was really well done, um, and in my personal opinion, far better than having five or six rounds of applause per game. Um, when it did become a bit, you know, you know, you could get a bit fed up with them. I thought everything about it was done with real class. And uh, a friend of mine, Darren Brown, his dad was on the screen, and you know, he just said it was. He thought he it was really moving for him, and he's he agrees with me that that was a better way. Of doing it. So we we you know when Vale do things wrong, we're all over them. So I just thought the way they handled that, the vicar, the reading out of all the names and everything. Including a, a couple of people who I thought were still alive as well, <laughs> but we obviously share a name. But I just thought that was really well done. So well done to the club for that. Yeah, I also I really liked the wonder review at the end. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say the the trumpeted wonder review. Yeah. The only thing I will say, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, is I feel like we should have maybe started it a little bit earlier. So once you got the trumpeted wonder of you, they played another song afterwards and the players came out and it was a very mellow song. And and, and obviously, with the, I, I understand that the players have the minute silence before and whatnot. Uh, and I just, there's got to be, I think, as I, I'm trying not to make this sound really selfish and really heartless um, because it's certainly not what I mean. Um, but it's, it almost felt like if Crosby's gone in that dressing room, give a really rousing team talk, and then we kind of come out to silence um, to a very slow hymn, it kind of knocks the wind out of it completely. Um, and I understand they did a minute silence in between and then the wonder of you kicked back in again. Um, I just wondered if anybody else thought it kind of gave a bit of an uneasy atmosphere when the players came out. Nobody seemed to clap the players out. Yeah, maybe the timings were a bit amiss, but as a general, yeah, that's something they can probably look at next year just to bring it forward a bit. But I just thought yeah, it was, generally it was generally a, a beautiful service, like yeah, it was it was you know it was, I just I just thought personally it's a good way of remembering people as a as a one off as and and doesn't get lost in the menage of a of a normal game. So I just thought well done, Vale, basically. Yeah, yeah, I get I get what you're saying as well, Tom. That, that, Probably slide it forward ten minutes next year, and then, and then it's, it gives you that time. And maybe it was an unfortunate because obviously we, I think what was a touch of class by Vale was including Charlton fans and stuff like that in it as well. So oh, did they? yeah, yeah, there was Charlton, there was members of Charlton fans and oh. stuff that, that that that's why there was quite a lot of people in, involved. Um, so I thought that was a touch of class as well that we haven't just said this is all about us. Yeah, yeah. they were they were impeccable throughout that Charlton. Yeah, they, 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 they clapped. It, they clapped everything at the end as well. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a five minute job either, was it? They you know they they showed some real class there. And you know, um, somebody I work with is a Stoke fan, and Stoke do, Stoke have a service at um, Stoke Minster before before the nearest home game, and his wife died, and it. He, he just said, you know, Stoke have been, you know, Stoke have been really good at this for a number of years, and we haven't perhaps been so good. But this year for Vale, just it was just, it was just beautifully done. I thought, obviously, you know, tweak the times it, but in general, I just think it was really, really. Yeah, it seemed, good. It seemed very well organised, and, and I like the touch of the two, the two wreaths 
in either corner as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Carroll and, and I think it was Rudgy. Yeah, Rudgy. Rudgy, Rudgy wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Carroll so, came down to the bike to the launch street where we were. Yeah, Rudgy went to the Hamill, didn't he? Yeah, yeah and Mark, well, Mark Porter come down in front of the paddock and Hamill as well. And oh. there, was, there was another... Oh, so there was a reef to all four, was there? Yeah, all four corners. Right. So, yeah, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. I missed the far side then. Yeah, and me. But including the supporters club, you could, so everyone was represented, the owner... The club's greatest manager, the supporters club, and whoever did the one on Saturday. Yeah, it was just beautifully done. So, who did the one? Was it Charlton's owner? No, uh, no, who did the other one? Woody Al. Um, they'll come back to me. Yeah, because so. they, 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 they did the one, the paddock and the away end side. Yeah. Surely we tweeted, surely we tweeted out who, who was there. Yeah, well, we'll come back to it. Shall we? Uh... Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll hand over to you, Steve, for the. Right. Okay. In Bez's, uh, in Bez's absence, he's uh, a sleep watching country file. We will. Um... <laughs> a sleep watching country file. How do you manage that? <laughs> he's trying to go to sleep while watching country file. <laughs> he's just got one or two bits of personal business to attend to first. Oh, you're such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> He's got specialist interests. Okay, so <laughs> Vale v. Chal- vale v. Charlton. Um, vale had 29 shots, as Andy Crosby alluded to, which 12 were on target to their seven on four on target. Vale had 44% of possession to their 50, 56%. We completed 353 passes to their 477, which I think shows the way our styles evolved recently since Uchi came more into the fold. Vale committed eight fouls to their 12. We had one yellow card to their four. There were no red cards each. We had 12 corners to their four. And that was basically it. Obviously, Johnny, you didn't text me before the game, which has upset me a little bit. I'm still hurt. What did you, th- <laughs> what did you think of the team selected? I you did can... text Bez. So oh, well. I'll tell you what lie. I said. To... Just, just, just lie and make it, make it sound really good. What I said was, no Ben with crying faces. Um, Sang and sentiment will be interesting as he looked okay there early doors. Uh, front three picks itself, just hope we get more than 55 out of both of them. So, yeah, that's that, that's where I went. I think that's, that's pretty fair, really. We're all a bit we're all a bit gutted about the news about Garrity. Um, he's for me first name on on the team sheet. You, you know, he he scored and assisted now I think 14 goals in total. In in half of a season, so that's that's going to be a massive replacement. Um, we are, for we are replacing like for like with Ben, we just we just can't, can we? You know, we, I just don't see how we'll do it. It's a big it's a big thing. Tom, what do you do you think of the team? I I'll be honest. I, said, I think I said to my dad, I, I, there, there isn't really much else you could have done with that due to injuries and and whatnot. Um, it'd be interesting, maybe. You know, again, I've seen a few people say, is there, is there a, a place for Tom Coleman on the bench, maybe? Um, but, you know, he bought he bought Reese on late on when Sangi went off. Uh, but started 11-wise, I don't think we could really have gone much stronger. Um, yeah. So I was kind of relatively happy. It took a little bit of working out at the start, especially because when we started, Sangi seemed to have a magnet on the right-hand side of the pitch that just kept dragging him out there. And I kept thinking, 
is he playing right wing back and Gav Massey's kind of floating in a number 10 role here or, or what? But then, no, he quickly went back inside then after that. So, um, but yeah, relatively happy with it. Yeah, for me, I couldn't. I think that's the team he had to pick. Maybe with hindsight, which is always twenty twenty, you would have gone with Yak over Deb because for what, how long Deb lasted, and if he's if he's going to be out for a period of time. But the rest of it, we're in Hobson's choice stage. We're not going to go into the Conlon thing now because that's for a Thursday night. Conlon and Cass, what they're doing, whether they if they're here, lob them on the bench, and if they're going, why haven't they gone already? They've had basically three months to get him out but we'll talk about that another time so we'll start with the, so we'll go with the team and obviously in goal for Vale was was Connor Ripley and we'll start with you Johnny for Connor yeah Connor um s- seven for Connor I think it was no six sorry six for Connor it would have been a seven if he hadn't he hadn't flapped at the one that the the third was it I think that he, he really should have saved um but yeah I thought what I what I found really interesting about Connor Ripley um, was he was throwing a lot more, and his throws get get you get you to halfway, yeah. Um, and they're a lot more accurate than the kicks because they're flatter. They're hitting the surface at a good area that you can bring it. And I thought that was a really good use of getting us up the pitch. Um, again, he made a couple of saves that you'd expect him to make. Um, the first one. I think was a good finish and I don't think I heard a couple of people going he probably should have saved that. I don't I don't agree. Um you see a lot of the time it go through the keeper's legs when they smash it like that, don't they? It's a fairly common it it's it's a fairly regular thing to happen when people do that. And he was and a lot went for that first goal, a lot went wrong before before Connor Ripley. But yeah. It did. But yeah, so yes, it's six. It would have been a seven, like I say. But yeah, the the the, the third, uh, he he knows that he should have saved that. He got a good hand to it, and it just seems to have flapped through him. So it's it's one of a number of the goals that were were mistakes because all three of them have got catastrophic mistakes in it. I don't think that's the biggest mistake in that goal, but it's it's a big mistake. Tom Connor. Uh, yeah, I think Johnny's kind of hit everything uh, nail on the head there. I've just actually watched back the highlights then, just to um, just to see. Obviously, the first one goes does go straight through his legs, um, but as a keeper in that situation, you, you, you're a little bit. If you keep your feet together, you you lose side, your feet. Side. You, you lose your feet range sideways, yeah. Yeah. and but obviously, if you put them apart, you, you're susceptible to the ball going straight through. Straight through uh, in the nutmeg, so um, it, it's one of them. They happen. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if we had scored it, we'd probably be alluding to how good the finish was rather than uh, how much it was a goalkeeping mistake. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, as Johnny said, the the third, he probably will feel like he could have done better. It was a relatively tame shot, wasn't it? And I think he's just maybe caught him a little bit off guard with the height of it. Uh, just looks like it just creeps underneath his hand a little bit. Um, but but yeah, uh, the introduction of the throw, throwing the ball out was great. I think it set us off three or four times, was it, with the long throw? Um, I'd probably say three times. We actually did four times and then the referee decided he was going to blow up and start booking folk left, right and centre. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I agree with the six. 
Okay, Tom, we'll stick with you and we'll do Deborah, but do but do Jesse and also do the Yak because Yak play more of the game. Uh, Jesse, uh, I didn't like that he got done within the first three minutes, was it? Three or four minutes. I think both our centre halves got done for pace but relatively early. Um, and it was a bit unnerving. Whether that was a sign of how how fit he was, he didn't look fit to me, Jesse Debra, um, from minute one. But, and I've said every every time before, he, I never know whether he, he looks that laid back as a footballer. That I never know whether he's laid back or he can't run because he's hurt. <laughs> um, so. I don't know, probably a five for Jesse. And then uh, Yak. I'll be honest, I didn't really notice him that yeah, much. I was thinking that. I, was thinking I, that. I, I, I can't really I can't really remember being annoyed at him for doing something wrong, but I can't remember being happy with him for doing anything particularly brilliantly, I don't think. Um, so, I mean... Yeah, we conceded two with him on the pitch. Uh, neither were particularly... His, I don't know whether his man is the one who scored the third goal. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably, probably say a five for Yak as well, if I'm honest. he's He, he, he probably needs a run of games to, to get back to the Yakovetti we knew um, before his injury. Uh, and maybe, maybe this injury to Jesse will give him give him that game time almost. Johnny, do the same. Yeah, it was, it, it was stupid start, Jesse. He was struggling for a minute one. Um, I can't, how long was he actually on the pitch for? About 25? Yeah, it wasn't. 38, 38 minutes. Was it that 30, long? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was 38, yeah. Fair enough. But I thought because of his fitness, he caused the corner that led to the goal eventually. Because I think a fit Jesse Deborah doesn't slide slide in there. I think a fit Jesse Deborah sprints, gets his body in and just shields it out. Whereas I think he felt like he needed slide because he wasn't getting there along the ground. So it was a five for Jesse, partially obviously not his fault if he's not fit, but kudos for him for saying the real he'll play because I'm sure he will have been asked the question of how he feels as well. And he could have he could have easily gone, not feeling not feeling it or or whatnot. So that's that's good. Um on the yak. Um, six for the yak. He come on, did his job. He wasn't at fault for any of the goals, um, and he was steady. So that's all you can ask. And hopefully, that's now the building block for him to get back to the yak before he was injured, um, and maybe before he realised that Ailan Vale was sponsoring him. So um, who knows? Okay, stick with you, John. I'm interested in this one. Um, Jason Lowe in the centre in the central defence. Since Jason Lowe's moved centrally, he has been pretty well received by the fans this move. But Vale conceded a lot of goals recently. Are the two linked? And how was he yesterday for you? Um, I don't think the two are linked because I think when Jason Lowe's there, it's, he's there for a reason. I don't think he's ever the one that's marking a player. He, that That's not... That's not what he's been put out to do. You look at what we did against Blackpool, where he swept up and, and stuff like that. I think where 
where we lack when when Lowe's on the pitch is that we're having to play Smith and Deborah at the side of him at the minute. And Deborah was playing on the left for the last couple of games. And then again, all of a sudden popped up on the right this time. And whether that's tactical because Corey Blackett-Taylor gives us an absolute nightmare usually when we play against him. So we're going to use Deborah's obvious attributes of being bigger and being quick. Um, but I, I just think that we're very we're very disjointed in defence consistently. We're making changes left, right, and centre. Every game there's either a different back, back uh, different back three, or a different a different three people playing in different places. Like I've just alluded to about Deborah moving over. So I think that's part of what you've got to do to because the best defences in the world are a settled defence. Um, and it must be it must be difficult for all the defenders, not just not just low, to start with X player and then you, you're playing with someone else and then someone else the next week. So I don't think it's a coincidence that he's gone there and we've we, we've conceded more goals. I think that's I think that's part of how the teams played as a whole. Um, but on yesterday's performance, low for me was a six. I think. He was another one that was steady, did his job. There wasn't there's nothing that stands out as, oh, that was absolutely amazing. And there's nothing that stands out as that was shy either. So, yeah, I haven't really got a lot to say about Lowy other than um, it'd be remiss of us not in, in with Bez not being here to say that Bez absolutely loves Jason Lowe and just wants him to talk to him. So maybe that's what he's listening to. He's found it under the cuff with <laughs> Jason Lowe somewhere and he's just listening to his voice. You can, you can see him on, on the uh, class of 92, Salford. Tom, say quickly, Jason Lowe and Tom, would would you rather see a six foot four meathead at centre half in, in the middle, tackling, editing, everything, or are you happier with a Jason Lowe, more of a sweeper type player? Um, I, I think that. Uh, can you can you change them when, when we're defending and when we're attacking? <laughs> because obviously I'd much rather have Jason Lowe on the ball um, when we've got hold of the ball because he's so calm, he's so collected um, but I think anybody would be daft and not want a big bruising centre-half who is going to clean everything out um, but uh, is there some? is there something that there's, there's, got, to be, there's got to be some connection with him being in this back three that isn't working, is it? You can't just discount him because because we like him as an individual player and what he does individually. Um, we we think we can see from what we can see that he's he's an evident organizer. Is he that? Yeah. When you're conceding goals like we're conceding, you've got to ask questions of all the all the defenders who are playing. He, at the minute, certainly is the one out of them who's playing the most, him and Deborah. Um, so you've kind of got to ask questions. Um, yes, maybe he wasn't directly at fault yesterday, but something, something with our back line has got to change or alter in some way because currently we, we, we're 
chipping shit goals for fun. Um, and it, it, it's it, it, we're not. It's not so much like teams are going through as like hot knife through butter. It's it's we're giving balls away on the edge of our own box, or we're not picking men up. Um, and but there doesn't seem to be. And I don't know whether it's because I've been so used to the shite standard of the league two for so long. The, the, there's, there's no forgiveness at this level. Um, so it's almost every mistake we make in and around our own box seems seems to be punished with a goal. Um, I know like my dad watches uh, the EFL football highlights show and he says the same thing to nearly every game. And he'll sit there and he'll talk and he'll go... Why can't we score goals like that? And they, or, or why don't we get chances like that? And they're just general shit chances that we seem to be giving teams at the minute. Um, so you've got to be asking a question of of Lowy at the minute because I, I don't think he was outstanding, but I don't think he was poor. So I, I would probably go with a five yesterday. Okay, moving on to the captain, Nathan Smith. Tom. Uh, bit of a. Six of one, half a dozen with Nafe again. Got to be asking questions of him. He got absolutely rinsed in the first couple of minutes, like I've alluded to earlier. Um, but then he seemed to have a good little ding dong with one of their strikers. Um, again, as a as a as an individual, probably not had a bad game, but as a unit. We look shock, shocking and just all over the place. Um, so I'd probably go with a five for Nath, if I'm honest. Tony. I don't think I don't think you can give a, a, any defender over five when the when they've goals. conceded three goals. Yeah, Johnny, I've got two defenders over five, you bastard. No, that's why I said it. You've got a vendetta against all defenders. Yeah. Right. Smith, Smith, he gets a five. It would have been a six um, if it was. Tom's just said. Tom <laughs> bullied me. No, it would have been a six because he got the assist. Um, but his part in the first goal is horrible. Like if you if you watch that the first goal back, he's the deepest of the defenders and he's the one calling for offside. I think it's absolutely stupid. When everyone else is pushed out, he's got to get out. He's got to get out. So I think that was daft. Um, the ding dong that you that you alluded to is the one time Nathan Smith doesn't hit the deck hold in his face. The lads pushed him in the throat in front of the liner, and nothing nothing's got given. I don't. I think if he hits the deck, nothing's given because that liner wasn't making a decision all game. But like you can't you can't put your hands up around someone's neck and get away with it. Um, but yeah, let's say the liner decided, nah, that that's that's not for me. Um, and we've we've got to talk about his assist, haven't we? Because the little clip ball was was delicious. It's like where's where's that come from, Nathan? Um, it's uh, it's not bad. It's not bad for a centre half, is it? But I'm still going to say that any any professional footballer in the world should uh, should be able to kick a ball ten yards in the air. This, oh, hello. Where? Sorry, that's my, that's my phone. Um, so we're going to move on to um, 
I've lost my train of thought now because my old ears ringing me. Um, who's just done? Who started off with Smithy? That was you, Tom. I I start I started with Smithy, yeah. So Johnny, you can take Gav Massey for me. It was outstanding. Yeah, look, um, Gav in the first half was good. Gav in the second half was brilliant. Like he first off he defended well. He helped out coming backwards and he got forward once, which nearly set up, which nearly set up a goal and then he won the penalty. So um, you've got to give him real credit for that. Then second off, Gav's come out like a man on fire. He, he links, he links everything up for the first time in absolutely ages. Like he, he got the ball down. He was he was play he was playing football. He was confident. The goal he scored was a brilliant finish. Um, I think I think at the time because of how we celebrated and stuff like that, I didn't appreciate it, how good of a goal it actually was. Uh, but but seeing it back, it's it's some finish by the lad. Um, so yeah, Gav gets Gav gets a nine for me uh, and man of the match. Yeah. I I would have uh, I would 100% go with the nine uh, and like you said I almost thought that uh, I I thought the goalkeeper had made a mistake at first yeah on I, the goal I, yeah um, and I think it's only from uh, the goal cam that the Vale have put out today that I've realised that he's he's almost shaped it around two players um, and. I don't think the keeper was expecting him to just kind of side foot it. Um, and the keeper, keeper had got no chance. He wasn't going into that. Um, fantastic finish from him. He's, he's all round play yesterday. The confidence in him to go past people. Um, and for, I think the last time I was on, I said about him being, being too blatantly obvious where he was going. Uh, and there was a couple of times yesterday he actually came on, came on to his left foot a little bit, um, which which again kept the kept the right no, the left back guessing a little bit then because he wasn't just always going down the same side. Um, but there's one thing that Gav is quite good at, and it's 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 he it doesn't always it's not the same amount of touches towards the defender. Then he then he kind of goes onto his right. Sometimes he'll go straight away, and he, he battered their left back yesterday to the point where they took him off and replaced him. Um, and yeah, I was I was buzzing for the lad yesterday because he's he, he, he his hard work yesterday got him. You could tell from minute one he was up for it. Um, and I think I think there's a bit of the Christian Montano's with Gav, where if you put him in the the first thing, you can tell whether he's either going to have a good game or a shit game. Um, and certainly yesterday was one of the better games I've seen Gavin Massey have available. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Did you both yeah. give him out of the match? Was he your man of the match? Yes. You both yeah, right. Sorry, it turns out it's my old year's birthday tomorrow, so uh, didn't know until she just told me. Anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your mum has to ring you to tell her it's a birthday. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good. I'm Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> 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 no, no, yeah, so we, we move on now. Uh, Matty was my man of the match yesterday, just quickly for anyone who's, anyone who's still bothered. He was, <laughs> he, he was, he was up, he was down, and whether it's because the transfer window's open or his contract's running, running out in June, I don't know. But if Gav Massey plays like that, 
he's going to be a real asset to us. So we'll go on to you, Tom, and you can have Sang, and I want you to talk specifically about his part in their second goal and whether it was him or Alf. Did Alfie chuck him under a bus or should he have done better or was it both, Tom? Alfie's chucked him right under it. He's chucked him under a row of buzzes. Because, uh, uh, and I'll be honest, I, uh, I understand right that Alfie's used to playing with players who doesn't matter where they are on the pitch, they want the ball uh, and they want to be able to play. You know, there's there's probably ten centre midfielders at Spurs who, in that situation, are looking at Alfie saying, "Give me this because I'm going to open out and I'm going to switch it onto the right midfielder and he's going to get on." Tom Sang, when he saw that ball break to Alfie, thought, "Thank fuck for this, let's get out." Yeah, if we clear. <laughs> yeah, let's get out because we're a bit under the cosh here. And no way did Tom Sang want that ball, and no way did he need to have that ball. Should he have had that ball? It was unnecessary. We were over, for once, we were overplaying in defensive areas rather than on the edge of our own box. Um, so yeah, for me, that's there's no, there's nothing on there's nothing on Sangi for that. Um, I thought he struggled the first 10, 15 minutes, like I said earlier, with his positionally. He seemed to drag himself out on the right, whether that was um, to just try and create a bit more space to try and get a double up maybe with Massey. Um, but yeah, but then once he got, I think once he settled in, um, you know, we had a, he had a solid, decent game. Um, he had a, an opportunity and I think it was blocked. I think Alfie squared him one up and he, and it was blocked and it went for a corner. And I thought mm, he, with the time he had on it, I think maybe he should have done a little bit better. Um, but maybe that's me being overcritical of that there. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say six for Sangi. Uh, Johnny? Yeah, I, I agree. I think he was hung out by Alfie a little bit for the thingy. And I've seen people blaming him for the third goal as well. The lad, the lad breaks down injured for the third goal. So, I don't I don't really know how you can, how, how you can blame him for, for getting injured. Um, seen a couple, a couple online saying he cost us two goals. And I think that's a really, really odd take on it. Um, but yeah, I think he grew into the central midfield role. I think he his delivery was good from open play. We'll we'll not we'll not talk corners because I think everyone's sick of me saying the same thing. But we don't beat the first man, and that's that that that's got to improve that. Either got to improve or we've got to stand someone at first man. But yeah, it's 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 really frustrating. But overall, decent performance from him. Hopefully the injury is not too serious because I actually like the fact that he's he's got a similar similar engine to Ben. Um because work rate is something that we really miss in midfield without without Ben. Um and yeah, he he's got he's got a bit of quality on there, so we want to see a bit more of that and Couple more having having shots where when he can and and stuff like that. So sixth fair and it's yeah it it is what it is with Tom at the minute. As Bethel would say, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, we're moving on, Johnny. Stick with you and for me, the player of Christmas the month. We'll you know we'll, we've talked about his part in the second goal and but Alfie Divine. Yeah, look, Alfie. 
has made one mistake since he's been here, and that was that was that then. Do you know what I mean? It tells you everything you need to know about him. He's a young lad. He's going to make mistakes. <laughs> it, it's it's obviously a bad one, but it's nothing that it's, it's not like it's it, it, it's not like it's going to affect anything in the long term for for him sort of thing. We we ended up getting a point out of the game, which is probably probably near on what we deserved. Um, and yeah, it's the, the fact of it is that he made that mistake. And he didn't go hiding after it. He still wanted the ball. He was still, he was still playing. He was still passing. He was still moving. And I just think, if it wasn't for Massey, he would have been my man of the match. Divine would have thought he was excellent again. And we're seeing the consistency from him. What Alfie now needs is a Funzo type next to him to just free him up a little bit more. Because I think, I think he's better when he's picking the ball up. And he's running with it rather than having come all the way deep into our half to pick it up to start the attacks. Um, so, yeah, that'll be, for me, it'll be really interesting when he's back. But, yeah, it's, it's seven for Alf and well, well done for recovering from the mistake in the game to carry on your performance and not show that it's affected him. So Was it Alfie who had that shot? I don't know if you were in the second half or at the end word. Their keeper made a... Who, was compared to Rodney Trotter, Zorro, Robin by the Lord Street, <laughs> with his mask on. Was he Alfie at that volley when he was getting on, he flung up his arm and tipped it over the bar? Was that Alfie? Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. that was hell of a save. Tom, talk to me about Alfie. Yeah. Um, like Johnny said, uh, he was everywhere, wasn't he, yesterday? Um, he did pretty much everything bar score. Um, and, the, and the only reason he didn't score was because, like you've just said, Steve, their keeper made, made two or three fantastic saves from him, and I think by the end of the game he was it was a bit of a what have I got to do to to stick one in the back of the net today because he couldn't do any more than what he did. He everything he hit he hit so clean, um, it was on target, um, and yeah, it, you know, he went missing ever so slightly for probably a 10, 15 minute period in the second half, um, and then. That was probably just straight after their second goal, so it was probably a bit of a, as he said, gone down a little bit as a young lad. Um, but he seems to be one of them players that, if he is in that situation, he doesn't need he doesn't need a rocket up his arse from um, from a captain or from from an, a senior player. He looks like the kind of person who you need to let him just kind of do two or three things. Right, and then his confidence comes kind of straight back um, because he knows he knows what he wants to do. He knows where he's going before he's even got the ball. Um, but yeah, another another great game from Alfie, and and, and I was the same same as Johnny. He was probably he was probably in line for man of the match behind Massey for me, just because of how uh, involved he was himself. And how much he makes us tick in that that deeper role for me. Yeah, I'd he was a guy. I know a, a boring podcast when we agree, but he's also my second choice from out of the match. I just thought I just think he's been excellent. And he's we've been really good recently. Tom, we're going to stick with you on to Conor Grant. Um, first off, bit of a bit of a safe. Um, kind of 
flat Connor Grant, if that's if that's fair. Um, he didn't want to give it away. He didn't want to get caught out of position. Um, and I think obviously you've got the pace that Charlton have got on the wings. We, we needed as much doubling up from Grant and Smith as we could get um, because neither are particularly blessed with pace, are they? Um, so I thought he was very safe first half. Second half, a lot better. He seemed to be pushing a lot higher. Um, he, he put the... Oh, no, was it the first half? He might have been the first... I'm getting myself confused now. Uh, might have been the first half. He was be- he was higher than he was the second half, actually. I think we're kicking the wrong way. Um, but obviously, he put the ball in for the Willow penalty that wasn't given. He seems to have a bit of a knack of putting balls in good areas. Um, but we've said before, we're not really a team for scoring from crosses, I don't think. Really, like, from a whipped... We tend to... We tend to have to place them on heads if we're going to score. Um, but yeah, I think relatively five out of ten for Connor for me. Johnny Connor Grant, I believe his dad was a good player. You have to. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, Connor Grant. I think first half he had a decent performance. Um, like Tom said, the 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 goal. Well, the handball that wasn't handball, sorry, was was a good ball in by him. He was getting he was getting the ball, and first first ten minutes we've been a bit safe with it, and then it seemed to like be right right shackles are off now, and was getting up and putting a couple of balls in. His part in the third goal is dreadful. Um, he heads it he heads it back. Um, he heads it back across out out wide, and then as the ball's back in, he just doesn't pick up his man at all, and he's the he's the man that scores. So him and him and Ripley have got to take equal equal blame for that. Um, but yeah, overall it was it was an all right wing back performance. So five feels about right. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Grant was okay. I thought he was a steady wing back performance from Grant, and I thought we sh- he showed a bit of quality in his left peg. Moving on to Chizzy, and before you will stick with you, Joe, but before you start, um, he was no way letting Willow take that penalty, was he, Chizzy? And he took it really well. So, Johnny, give us Chizzy. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see what happened there. I didn't. I didn't. I just. I didn't know if we were doing a bit of a Newcastle where, like, the the the, the Newcastle players don't give the penalty take of the ball until right, right at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know, but Chizzy took it. He was obviously confident and wanted it, which is. Always nice to see, and yeah, buried buried it. So good penalty. He he hit it with some pace, um, and and again, he just he's grow for me. He's growing into into his role in that in that behind the number ten. He's really growing into it, and I think like you look at what he does. He takes two or three little touches to get it right, and plays the pass. The 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 pass into Massey was brilliant. And he's just, for me, he's just he's just a brilliant number ten. So um, it was a strong again, strong seven out of ten performance from Chizzy. It's a goal and assist to add to add to his tally. I feel he went missing for about twenty five minutes in the in the first half before his penalty. I thought like he was the one that wasn't wasn't really getting on the ball as much. It was the game was kind of bypassing him, but 
after that, he, he was brilliant. So, yeah, well done, cheers. Tom, cheers, you rascal. Yeah, uh, agree with what Johnny said there. Um, I think he's he's getting better and better. And I think he's... Has he gone under the radar? I think he's he's had some, you know, very high praise this season. But I almost think he's not maybe got the praise he deserves. Is that is that eight goals and four assists now? So I that's... I think it's more than four assists. Is it maybe five assists? I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think he's been involved in like 14 goals. I think so. He's, he's been involved as many as you know, as Ben Garrity. Um, so you, you know, you're looking there at go on, sorry, yeah, it's six, six goals, seven assists in the league, so that's 13, and two goals in the EFL Cup, so 15 goals he's been involved with. But yeah, so that you know, for his first first year back with well, first year with us. Um, did he play for in League One for Wimbledon? Yes, but I think not. Like only, only the first first season there that was that, that he was with him. I think. Yeah, how old is he? Is he twenty two, twenty three? Twenty five, mate. Twenty five. So he's you know he's he's probably he's probably two years off his his prime. Yeah. Um, oh, I, sorry, he had two, he had two seasons in League One with Wimbledon. Um. Where he got two goals, two assist, uh, two goals. Sorry, right, in both. So, so yeah, yeah, it's good for him. That's fair enough. So it's you know he's really better players around him are benefiting him more than um, because like you said, he took some bottle for him to to say to James Wilson, "No, I'm having this." Um, whether that, I assume, because Willow didn't really put up much of a fight, so I assume maybe it's. Uh, it's a pre-arranged thing that Cheslet's the penalty taker. He takes. Um, he seems to take a lot more free kicks than Conor Grant as well. So it must be something we work on. That he is your set piece man, pretty much. Um, yeah. Give or take your corners. Yeah. But no. um, yeah, he's growing. He's growing into it every game he plays, and I think his his cute little touches. Around the bottom, and he's not. There's a lot of players who wouldn't have taken that pass on to Massey yesterday because it was too tight. Um, and I think that's what we spoke about earlier on in the season the risky passes, the risk taking balls, them are the ones that ultimately get you goals. And you know, it showed yesterday. Yeah, um, I agree with all you what you've said. He's since Willow's come back into the team, and I said the other day. His, his level of performance has gone up a notch. There was once in the first half, I don't know if you can remember it, when the ball's fired and Wilson can flex it around the corner on his chest and Chislett's bursting on. Him and Willow have got a good understanding and I think Chislett's been, been had a good crisp as well. So we're sticking with you, Tom, and we're going to the front two. So um, the sponsor... <laughs> Which way are you going? <laughs> the sponsor's man of the match. 5,000 Vale fans man of the match. The Charlton manager's man of the match, and he's in every team of the week that I can find. Tom James Wilson. <laughs> no, no, Tom, the floor is yours. Uh, just, just you said five thousand Vale fans man of the match. He was at uh, Gav Massey has actually been voted man of the match on the official Vale site. So, Vale uh, <laughs> um, fans man. Uh, 
I have to so the first half. Let's let's break this down into two rooches because that for me is what we got yesterday. Uh, the first half I am going to use as forty minutes because uh, everything, nothing stuck to him. Everything bounced off him a little bit again. The frustration started with me. You know, um, he was there was a couple of times I think he went. He was just getting moved out of the way by their centre halves, uh, and I thought, genuinely thought to myself, I thought, oh, bloody hell, here we go again. Um, and then he closed down their left back, right in front of the Lawn Street, and it cannoned off, and he managed to get himself into the box, and I, I think he crossed the ball in afterwards. I can't really remember what happened. Um, oh, just before, let me let me have a little bit of a side note. He bought the ball down once. And he was absolutely fantastic. And he was running towards the right-hand side and he tried to just chip a ball in. And it was like he'd done it with a sand wedge because he just went up and then come back down again. <laughs> um, but... And it's almost, it's almost frustrating that they're the comedy values that come with him. But I think that's more frustration. Um, Lone Street when he when he did that bit of magic which you talked about. Yeah, wild. We were going, we were going wild. He got he Street. got and, and I think Ben Morris pointed it out to me on Twitter. It got the crowd going, um, and I think and then he won the header for the for Massey to to cross the ball in, which ultimately led to the penalty. Uh, and then second half was what I want from our 18 stone six foot three striker. I want him throwing his weight around. I want him. I want the ball sticking to him. Um, I want him. Win, I want him in the box, winning headers, which he did. That's what I want from him. And if he can keep doing that, then he'll get a load more praise off me. And this is this is my point. And and I think for too long, like we 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 spoke we spoke to each other about it before we started recording. For too long, the bar of centre forwards has been way too low at Vale. So when someone puts in the effort they should be putting in, we almost big it up to be oh, fantastic. That, that for me, yesterday, is what Uchik Pizu should be about as a player. You know, you and, we, and, and we're starting to use him as a team more now. Um, I said it after the Burton game. We seem to have a plan that day, the Burton get Cup game. That's how you need to use Uch, is play into him. Play into him quickly and play off him. Um, but uh, uh, second half, he was brilliant. The only criticism I'd have is sometimes when he brings it down and he goes on these little runs, when he's trying to kick, hold off sev- 78 men, uh, sometimes there is just a little easy knock. Um, which, you know, that's... That's just that can be coached. I assume that's just you know have a little look around rather than you don't have to do it all on your own. Let other people help you. Um, but no, uh, second half much much improved for me. Um, I go I, I go with a seven yesterday. Johnny. Yeah, I'm going to do some two halves as well because I think. What people what what people forget is go go and have a look back at, at his involvement in their first goal because oh, it's an absolute disgrace. That ball's chipped over his head, and he just watches it go over his head as the lad runs on. You, a lad a lad of Uchi's size should not be doing that. 
And I just think that he either needs to get back and go help out or try and go win that header because he's not too far over his head. And that no, was just... What, can I just jump in here? I've just... It, it, he, he gets himself caught in a bit of a... Or, the lad when actually he... flicks it on and he flicks it past him. But Uchi's stuck. He's got, a, he's got a player either side of him and he gets stuck in the middle of the pair of them. And the lad who wins the header is probably six or seven yards in front of him and he flicks the header past him. I will stick up for him on that. But well, in the in the same breath, we shouldn't we shouldn't be running out of that just willy nilly. We should be no. running out with men. Yeah, which I've already picked up on on Smith yeah. being the being being yeah. the deepest. Fair um, enough. But but that yeah, was... if you watch it back, the lad actually flicks it past Ooch. Okay, that, that first I... goal. Before we go on, that first goal was Sunday League defending that you see. It was. A professional football team does not want to be conceding goals like that, do they? And, and Uchi, for me, played a major part in that. But go on, Johnny. Tell us how good he was. Yeah, well, that, that's almost like I've set you up there, Tom, to say something nice about him, isn't it? Yeah. No, do you know what? I saw it and I thought, this vendetta's getting written off. <laughs> I'm going to be busy, mates. <laughs> no, yeah. it was... It, 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 and I can only point that out because I've literally just watched the highlights of it. Oh, fair enough. I, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the highlights, so like I was just going off what I thought I saw on the ground, and it was a bloke that's six foot three, like they're just standing still as the ball goes over him. So if if, if he has been caught, then I'll give him the benefit of the doubt I'll there. Send, from I'll send you the highlights now. Go on, Johnny. Give us Uchi. Yeah, first off, thought he was he was a bit slow and a bit cumbersome and a bit ooch. And then second half, he come out like a freight train and he was battering the defenders. He was pouring himself about. And I don't I don't think he was doing anything world-class. Like, I don't think there was anything like that you look at and think, wow, it was just, that's what you want from your big lad. That's what happens when you use the big lad's strengths. And that's what happens when you've got players around him that are really good as well because it's no coincidence that Uchi's form's picked up since Willow's been back because Uchi isn't a lone striker he is not your lone man he's not good enough with, with the ball to be that lone man but when you put someone next to him which ultimately leads to Chislett getting a bit closer to him Massey being a bit further upfield Conor Grant will be a bit further up and stuff because we're, we're, we feel like we're going to keep the ball up there a bit longer this is where you see the best of Uch. Now, was the header that good? No, not really. It was poor keeping. We can't say, Johnny. But oh, I'm going to come out of this smelling of roses. I am. <laughs> he was on target. He cast him. He did his job. That's what I was just about to say. But he's got his head on it. It's good movement. He's got across his man. He's he's got enough on it, and it's it's ended up in the back of the net. So it's that's all you can ask for in that situation, isn't it? Um, and yeah, it's it, it just everything about his second half performance was good, and it was solid. He was strong. He was quick. His celebration shows you what the club means to him. So that's that's something that's got to be applauded. And it's a building block now. It's similar to what we've said about Crosby in the last few weeks. The same applies to each. This this performance has now got to go in to Saturday. And then Saturday again, and then Saturday again, and Saturday again. 
and then we'll start talking. Actually, he's, he's a he's a he's a real asset for the football club. But until that starts happening, and I don't mean scoring goals, I don't expect him to score every week. But until that performance and that hold up play and that link up play comes more and more, he he's still got a lot of work to do. So yeah, it was for me a seven decent performance from him. Second half was was really good. Um, and we, yeah, we, we, we move on. Okay. So we'll finish off with Johnny with the starting 11. Willow. Yeah. Wilson, Wilson was, was James Wilson money. Do you know, I, the, the, the way, the way that he went across the pitch, got the ball from the grant one and should have had the penalty was just James Wilson. Like, um, his link up play was, was good again. He, he has one or two touches and gets the ball out his feet quickly. And I just, everything about James Wilson makes our team better. Um, and you notice that when he comes off the pitch. But yeah, he, he overall had a pretty quiet game. There wasn't anything that stands out and you think, oh, that's that that was really good. What what I do love about Willow is he kind of, he, he seems to encourage the rest of the team to shoot. Because he, he had a couple of, off shots in the Sighted. first half. Sighted. Yeah. Publicized in the in the first half from outside the area. And everyone else seems to go, if if he can do it, then I'll have a go. And it's something that we I feel we've missed for about about three months while he's been out. No no one's no one was shooting outside the box, were they? So it all just feels like James Wilson knits this team together really well. And we know he's a good player, but it's hard to it's hard to just sit there and think when's the next injury? You worry every time he goes down, and just got to hope and pray we keep him fit because he's so important in my eyes to this the, the, this starting eleven that I don't I don't I really don't know how we replace that. The only thing I would say is that Josh Thomas would be a really useful asset at this point coming on for Willow. Because of how Uch, Uch is playing, and maybe that'll ha- really help a player yeah. like that. Yeah, also, or if Uchi comes off and Willow stays on, because with Willow dropping and he's the he is the one he is a player who can pick a pass for Josh Josh Thomas to use his pace and get onto. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens to Josh Thomas if he if and when he comes back. Tom finishes off with Willow. Um. Willow's Willow, isn't he? Uh, like Johnny said, the two um, the two long range efforts. Um, that we've been missing, you know, we've been trying to, we've only shot from inside the 18-yard box recently um, and we haven't really got the service into the 18-yard box. So ultimately, it's not led us to have many shots. Um, and then yesterday comes along and we bang in 29 shots. Uh, was it 12 on target? Yeah. And then the, the, there was so many off target because that includes block shots as well, doesn't it, for 29? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the frustrating thing is obviously that, I, and I wish we knew who's making the decision on whether he goes off. It's clearly not James the way he went off yesterday, um, because we get so much weaker. Um, now, there's, I, I, I said to people earlier there was a question that I was going to ask on this, and I'll ask it to you both first, and then if people. Do you want to please tweet me the answer 
that you'd rather go with because it's it's quite clear the, la- the last night specifically obviously where the Uchi kind of fall out thing um there's a lot of Vale fans who clearly see the Uchi they they in their eyes Uchi is very very important to the way we play um for me I'm a, I'm I'm with similar to Johnny it's no coincidence for me that when James Wilson comes back into the fold we start scoring more goals and Uchi's game goes up um now it's it we I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it, it's going to be unlikely I would imagine that we would we bring in another striker I don't know um if we were to bring in another striker in a similar mold as James Wilson similar height similar kind of game would you would you play James Wilson and this other lad up front. Would you uh, would you play James Wilson and Ooch and this other lad comes on for Wilson? Would you play Wilson and Ooch and then maybe them pair come off and Josh Thomas and this other lad come on? You know, obviously I'm forgetting Ryan Loft in this. That's why I think it's unlikely because we've got four strikers. Um, but yeah, just be for me it would be James Wilson and another like like striker and then Ooch would be my be my impact sub. I think for me it depends who. Um and that that's obviously quite a quite an easy thing to say, isn't it? But say I've seen the the, the Burnley lad that's it Morecambe's been recalled. Um yeah. so if if someone like that's come in who's just spent the first half of the season in a struggling League Two side and has managed to bag thirteen I think thirteen goals. If he's coming in, I think you've got to get him in the team to see if you can keep his tail up and start scoring goals. Um, if you're bringing in someone similar to Josh Thomas, for example, who is coming coming in for their first senior taste of football, then I think he, he's the willow replacement. So I honestly think it's it's who we bring in answers that question rather than just if we bring someone in. And that sounds like a real cop-out, I know. But no, no, no. That, that's how it feels I appreciate me. it was a difficult question to ask without actually having a certain player in mind kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. If it it's got to be it's got to be the question of who is, is, is the only thing for me is if you're bringing someone in that's been there, done that and scored 20 goals in League One, which I know we're not going to, but argument's sake in this one. If you bring in Johnson Clark Harris in, Johnson Clark Harris starts every day of the week and twice on a Sunday. But if you bring in a an all blaster type loan that we don't we don't know when he signed, we didn't have a clue who he was. No one was really thinking, oh this lad's gonna set this world on fire, then I'd be looking at oh he's he's your impact sub him and Josh Thomas are so yeah it, it, it's very much who but but yeah, it's, at the minute it's it's Uch and Wilkins' spots to lose. Yeah. Well, that's just based on how they're playing for us at the moment. Yeah, um, we'll do well to get someone in January better than James Wilson, though. So I think you know Willow will 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 have a place in the team. But again, it's what you've just said. It depends who you bring in. If you bring in a big bruiser, replaces Uchi, and you go you go from there. I think the only way we'll bring strikers if Josh Thomas goes back, and from what um, you guys have said, I think that he doesn't look like he will. And it, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Josh Thomas in the second half of the season. 
because he certainly was wasn't given a chance. Whether you think he's good enough or not, it's immaterial. He was never given a chance before he got injured to show whether he could do it for us, and he never really had the chance to play with Willow, did he? So he never had the chance to play with anybody, did he? Yeah, no, you know, stuck well, up on his own, wasn't yeah, it? So you know, it'd be interesting to see how Josh Thomas playing in a front two when the game's a bit stretched if he comes back. But you know, and the elephant in the room is Ryan Loft. We paid what you know, you can anywhere between fifty thousand and five hundred grand for Ryan Loft. He earns anywhere between five hundred and ten grand a week, depending on who you listen to. <laughs> you know, we've we we've paid we paid good money for him. So he isn't going anywhere. So we've got to try and they've seen something in Ryan Loft, whether we have or we haven't, they're gonna to have to get something out of him because we Ryan Loft is going to be at Vale this season and next. So you know, we we, need... have, we have seen players come and go in the same season, though. So we, and we have, but not ones who'll be on the type of money he's on. I would imagine it will cost but... us. It will cost us to move him on. I think. Sorry, John. Yeah, he's, he's played for two football clubs, so he'd have to go non-league. Yeah, so he can't. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. He, so he can't go until next season if he does. But that's for that. There's loads of things that I know people love a Thursday podcast and stuff. We can get into more on Thursday. On Thursday, so we'll we'll skip that on quickly. I know Bez isn't here, but we'll do we'll do ref watch. <laughs> do a film review. <laughs> uh, I watched Godfather on Channel Four uh, <laughs> the other day. Um, no, so ref watch for me. Obviously, the big one was the one at the end. I thought Vale should have had a penalty off Willow's shot. I thought it was more blatant than the one we got. And Charlton also had a very very decent shot for penalty at the end, which he shit out of. And then what he did was he, it would be worse if we got up the other end and scored. So he found a way to to not even it up properly, but to stop us scoring. But apart from that, it was a ref. Go on, Tom. You go first on the ref. It, yes, I, I completely agree with the Willow one. Uh, he got it bang right with the with the one he gave. Yeah, a hundred percent. They should have had a pen. Yeah. Um, because Massey's arm is trailing yeah. behind him and it's caught his arm and it's it, you know it's it's going through to a lad at the back stick. It wasn't even like it was going wide, so yeah. it, it hasn't really affected anything. He stopped them scoring a winner. Um the the, the throw out that he's then so the lad who he booked was going ballistic at the referee. And I said to my dad I said, I wonder how bad the thing you've said has got to be for a referee to stop a game whilst the team are two-on-two on the attack. Because there shouldn't be anything that's said to you that should be able to stop a game when... It's it's almost like a defensive tactic, isn't it? It's almost like if he says, you call me a... Huge bellend. A huge bellend. If you call me that, I will stop the game. You know, and you see a team run, breaking away and you're running past the ref, you call him a huge bellend and get the game stopped. What a fantastic defensive tactic that is, isn't it? Yeah. To take a yeller. You can take a yeller from the other end of the pitch. <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that was... And, and, and I'll be honest, it's, it's almost like he kind of played dumb to how how much of a good opportunity we were we were in um, with Chizzy running away with it. Um, so it was that was frustrating. Other than that, was he that bad? Probably not. Probably a mid-range game for a referee. Probably a 6 out of 10 for him. Johnny? 
For, yeah, for, for me, it was a five for him. I think the, the the fact in the first half that him and the officiating team did nothing about the lad raising his hands to Smithy was ridiculous. Um, it's right in front of the liner there, and he, he again pleaded ignorance. The fact that Smithy got bollocked for taking a throw in, um, two set two steps forward, and then their lad is walking up the pitch whilst talking to the ref when the ball went out in front of the liner and nearly ends up at the halfway line taking a throw in was was pathetic. And I think it's just little things like that that grate on me. The fact that if you're going to be a stickler for the for the laws of the game, you've, you've got to do it for both sides. And I just felt like he, he, he wasn't. And then he cocked up the handball. And after that, I think the next chance he got to even it up, he did. And obviously it was... It was a penalty, the second one was, but I think he's also then looked at it and gone, Well, that's two stone wall penalties. I can't give I can't give the one against Vale. And I think he has bottled it. Um so yeah, it it'd be a four four for me actually. I think it, it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a great refereeing performance from the team. But like if it's one of them, isn't it? Um Better get the sponsor in here. So yeah, if you if you need your glasses fixing, get over to repair-glasses.co.uk. Um, that they, they've got the wife's glasses at the minute. So, and I'll let you know what sort of job they, they do there. But from pictures I've seen, they look top notch. So get yourselves over there. Um, Bez has asked us to give out a shout to avtimings.com because he is doing a. What what are they doing? Let's have a gander. Doing a park all five five k. Okay. Park all five k. I assume so, it's five k. With it being uh, five, five five miles. Sorry. Yeah, it's a flat trail uh, race, and it says hilly to everyone else. No idea what any of this means, but you get free soup, tea, coffee, and parking for all runners. So there you go. Anything worse? What what? That's on the uh, that's on the 11th of February, so um, that is the weekend of our quiz. Oh yeah, yeah. Quickly, um, we we put Johnny's put a link up for if anybody wants to donate to the Dougie Mac, you don't even have to like us because the Dougie Mac's a great cause. Um, you know, you don't even have to like Tom and his itchy comments. But the Dougie <laughs> Mac, there's a, there's, a, there's a link on the pod, so if you can. Everyone to give a few quid to Dougie Mac if you could. We'd all be mega, mega grateful for that. Um, but apart from that, that was Port Vale against Charlton. Um, anything, any more for any more either of you before we go home? Or I go home? Um, Are you going? Yeah. I don't think so. On to, on to Reading Saturday and then... Is, is, are we going? Is everyone going? I'm not going, no. I'm going to Johnny... have yeah, I'm going Reading. I'll be yeah. Reading. Yeah. Are you, are you, which which bit of the have you bought the ticket for? Um, we've got it, two sections, haven't we? I think yeah. we've got a lower section and a, an upper tier. Yeah, so 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 the lower section because looking at pictures pictures where Exeter were, the lower section is actually right up to the back. So right, the the upper tier section is kind of more in the corner. Um. It is it is an upper tier as such, but it's it's more in the corner and a bit up. So yeah, I've just gone with the lower tier bit. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's where and I'll probably you, be going. Johnny, yeah, will we, yeah, Johnny, will you be doing a pod on Thursday or not? Yeah, we will. We'll be doing yeah, so, 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 
there'll be a proper preview on Thursday. Um, yeah, we so can get back to we can get back to not having to preview games yeah. and review games at the same time because yeah. we haven't got forty eight games in three yeah, days. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's a, this next few weeks is a good chance for the pod to talk about stuff that isn't like basically like Tom says, reviewing and previewing. A lot of stuff's going on at the Vale. There's the there's the meeting of flickers. There's the there's the transfer window, and we all know yeah, how well the deadline we, day special we, again, we, won't we? Yeah. Oh, and we all know how well we tend to do January with the transfer <laughs> windows. So yeah, well, yeah. It's eleven o'clock at night, we signed Danny Pugh back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liam McCarroll incoming. But yeah, no, so uh, I, I think that's it from us, isn't it, Johnny? Unless anything else. It is. Um just just a quick shout out again to Skyline Hosting who are one of the sponsors as well. So thank you for everyone that's brought tables to the quiz. Thank you for everyone that's donated. And because do, we're doing it right at the end, Tom has also said he's going to donate £10 for every goal each scores between now and the quiz. So that's £10 DOs. Um, okay. Yeah, all right. I've, I didn't know about this, but I'm happy to do that. Yeah, so there you go. That's £10 DOs already because we are back I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's probably only going to be ten pound, but <laughs> sorry, that was an unnecessary dig. Sorry, you, you <laughs> done so well. No, I will happily, I will happily go if he fucking goes on a goal scoring run. Now I'll be livid. <laughs> I could, it's the only one who can go on a goal scoring run and make me angry. Um, <laughs> yeah, you be made up for that, Tom. I know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm happy to match that. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the quiz. Obviously, it is uh, predominantly for uh, George Andrews um, and his family have asked for the donations to go to the Doggy Mac. Um, so it should be a really good night. We've got some good prizes again. We have. Um, we've, we have got some good prizes, yes. We've also got representatives from the Doggy Mac there on the night. Um, so they'll be selling the Dougie Mac lottery and scratch cards and stuff like that. So um, some instant win scratch cards there that people can have. So 100% of the profits will be going straight into the Dougie Mac that night, um, which obviously like last time we did one, um, like 50-50 sort of things was split. Um, so 100% of the things that we sell that night will be going straight back into Dougie Mac. And I think that's really important for everyone. So bring your card because they've got a card machine. Um, bring your card because Steve's going to have a card machine again anyway for the things that we've got lined up and we'll be announcing a couple of the prizes over the next couple of weeks to to keep everyone interested is it, is it, is it four, four weeks four weeks this Friday yeah, pretty much isn't it four weeks this Friday I think three weeks three weeks I can't remember um, but yeah it's We've got plenty of time to push it, like we said, because uh, we've, we haven't got a Tuesday game now till uh, February the 13th, I don't think. Yeah, Peterborough which home. Is, which is me, me, my good lady's birthday, so... I've had you'll be taking her along to that, Willie. I've had to book to go to Liverpool on the Sunday and Monday for for me to be allowed to go to Peterborough on the Tuesday night. Well, we spend Valentine's uh, Day, mate, don't you? I do, anyway. I don't know yes, yeah, well, I try not bother with that. With the birthday being the day before, it gets expensive. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm I'm all out of veil things to talk about for one night. I shall go, give it an hour and a half, and then let the, let the drama unfold on my Twitter. 
<laughs> yeah, just remember everyone, Tom's re- a really great guy and I've stuck up for him all day. Um, <laughs> uh, people people messaging me saying really unkind things about a good friend of mine. So yeah, Tom's a great guy. So uh, on that, Johnny, shall we have an ale up the veil? Indeed, have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So order make delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.